We really thought that we were going to get a break this festive season. We thought we might have a holiday. But Jacob Zuma said no. Absolutely not. In the announcement he made a few days ago, which was a nuclear announcement, it was a bombshell explosion, maybe the biggest political move and the most shocking, not just in 2023, but in the last five, 10 years in South Africa, he could have just said, hey, the issue, you're not chilling this Christmas, because he said something pretty unimaginable for a former ANC president to say. He came out to a packed press conference on Saturday and told the watching world that he would not be endorsing the African National Congress in the next election, that he would not be campaigning for the ANC or voting for the ANC in the next election. But more than that, he said that he would be voting for a whole other party and that he wanted everybody else to vote for that party instead of the ANC, just like him. That is literally crazy. And the fallout of this move is going to fundamentally affect the outcome of next year's general election, which was already looking like the most important election since 1994. That's why so many political party slogans are 2024 is our 1994. It was already so uncertain. And now we need to try and figure out what Jacob Zuma's move means for all of us, for the country. Welcome to The Issue with Dan Corder, the unexpected festive edition. We're recording this a few days before Christmas. I'm sitting on holiday in Cape Town in my brother's lounge kitchen vibe. And we're going to try and figure out what this means together. The Issue with Dan Corder, as you know already, is South Africa's watch party. We know that South Africa is a movie. So come watch it with us as every single week on a different issue, we try to figure out the biggest and most life-changing news stories for this country. As always, every single episode you can find on all the different podcast streamers, wherever you feel like listening, and a video version also exists on YouTube. You can just search The Issue with Dan Corder. And if this is your first time, I'd love it if you just took a second to click follow or subscribe wherever you're listening from. It makes a huge difference for us and costs you nothing at all. Right, let's get into The Issue with Jacob Zuma's, and I'm not being dramatic here, Jacob Zuma's politically nuclear announcement. A month ago, we did an episode on the defining, most consequential political rivalry of South Africa's modern era, Jacob Zuma versus Cyril Ramaphosa. And you can go find the episode, maybe you've heard it. We talked at length about the continuing simmering tension, punches back and forth and negotiating around each other that has defined the last handful of years of the African National Congress. And we made the point that how Zuma and Ramaphosa act in the lead-up to the 2024 election will have massive consequences for the ANC's chances at the polls. And just a few weeks ago, we did an interview with elections data expert Wayne Sussman, and he was talking about how much Jacob Zuma's moves mattered to the ANC. Wayne made the point that Zuma's endorsement for the ANC really matters for lots of voters. He made the point that how much Zuma campaigned for the ANC uh, if he chose to campaign at all, if he endorsed the ANC even early or late on, just before the elections would have huge ramifications. Well, now Jacob Zuma has done something radical. In his press conference on Saturday, Zuma communicated that he thought the ANC was broken and that it needed to be saved, but it couldn't be saved from within the organization. He slammed the party's current behavior, its current leadership, and the way that it was governing South Africa. And he said... 
It is not enough to withdraw from the ANC campaign, which will lead our people to more misery, poverty, racism, unemployment, deepening load shedding, and a government led by sellouts and apartheid collaborators. That is such a crazy charge. Not crazy as in, is he telling the truth or not? Crazy as in describing his own party and their current leadership, Ramaphosa and his allies and the current National Executive Committee, on those terms. A government led by sellouts and apartheid collaborators. Probably the worst charges that you could lay against ANC leadership. But also that the current leadership will lead our people to more, meaning it's already happening, more misery, poverty, racism, unemployment, deepening load shedding. He laid all of the blame for the current ills faced by South Africans on the current ANC leadership. Now, we can talk about the fact that load shedding started long before Ramaphosa's government. We can talk about the corruption allegations that Zuma is facing over his own time in power. We can talk about the decay of infrastructure and the fall apart of many government facilities and departments while Zuma was president. But that actually doesn't matter right now. What matters is Zuma's charges against his own party. His statement went on to say, no single organization can pull us out of the present crisis. We require the same spirit of unity which saw us defeating the monster of apartheid. He's describing the current ANC as being akin to, comparative to, the monster of apartheid. And then he said he's going to vote for Mkontowe Siswe. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Mkontowe Siswe? That's the ANC's armed wing that was disbanded in 1994. What does he mean? Well, a brand new party was quietly registered with the IEC just a few months ago called Mkontowe Siswe. And no one really knew what it was about or who was behind it. The ANC even got upset with it, saying that they might take it to court for like taking a name that was more meaningfully theirs or had more consequences for their party. But Jacob Zuma said that the party was registered with his knowledge and blessings. So this is something he's been involved in and sitting on four months. And then he said... The new people's war starts from today. The only crucial difference is that instead of the bullet, like original MK, this time we will use the ballot. He's using warfaring, battling, fighting talk against his own organization that he was the leader of very, very recently. And then he did a little political trick, an interesting one, where he said he's not going to leave the ANC. He's a card-carrying member of the ANC. He will die in the ANC. But he's going to vote for and campaign for Mkontowe Siswe and he encourages everybody else to do the same. No current or former ANC president has ever done something like this. It was literally unfathomable until Saturday. And it goes against the core principles of the African National Congress. It's even in their constitution under acts of misconduct, the party lists joining or supporting a political organization or party other than an organization in alliance with the ANC in a manner contrary to the aims, objectives, and policy of the ANC. And another kind of misconduct is acting as the election agent or canvasser of a person standing in such election for any political party and in opposition to a candidate duly endorsed by the ANC's NEC or PEC. And Zuma knew this. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that this would throw the ANC into crisis. And already the ANC has had to say that they note Zuma's statement. Already there are rumors and news reports that the National Executive Committee is livid, absolutely aghast and furious with Zuma's actions. 
And there is clearly an expectation that he will need to be very seriously disciplined like anybody else in the African National Congress would be were they to have done what he did at any level of the ANC. But will he be disciplined? This is the bind. Here is where we need a little context. When Jacob Zuma rose to power in the ANC, his great move, what Wayne Sussman in our interview described as his great gift to the ANC, is he convinced many, many, hundreds of thousands, millions even, of Zulu people in KwaZulu-Natal to vote for the ANC, often for the first time. Remember, the Nkata Freedom Party is largely considered the Zulu Nationalist Party that held the Zulu vote for such a long time. And in KZN, where the ANC was considered the arch enemy of the IFP, just a few decades ago, Zuma was able to radically bolster the African National Congress's support in KZN, particularly South KZN. And that is how Zuma got such incredible election results in his period in office. And then Zuma and his faction was deposed by Ramaphosa and his faction in a very famous power struggle. And that led to Zuma being deposed as president of South Africa by his own vice president, Ramaphosa, who came to power. And since then, Ramaphosa's faction has slowly throttled, squeezed, and pushed out members of Zuma's alliance, which is known as the Radical Economic Transformation Faction. They've been marginalized, removed in some cases, most recently, Ace Makashule. And the Radical Economic Transformation Faction has consistently tried to fight back. They supported Zwilliam Kize as a rival to Ramaphosa, as well as putting up rivals for major positions in the ANC at the last elective conference. But Ramaphosa's faction has been winning and making the ANC their own. At the same time, though, Jacob Zuma is enormously influential, remains stunningly powerful, and many people have believed that he holds the ticket to whether or not the ANC will continue to get significant support from Zulu people in KwaZulu-Natal. And as we know, the ANC is in real jeopardy. They will almost certainly get the most votes in the next election, but the difference between sliding towards 50% but staying above 50% of the vote and dropping below 50% is the difference between a bad year but still a winning year and a catastrophe for them. And so Ramaphosa has tried to placate Zuma at every opportunity. It's kind of like that one uncle who has to come to Christmas because he's family, he's blood, he's part of it, but he can be unhinged, he can cause trouble, and he often does. And so in the lead up to Christmas, you try to be as nice to him as possible, as soft and gentle and warm. You try to avoid conflict with him, you avoid kinds of conversations that you know will elicit a response that will be damaging. You purposefully don't bring up and try to forgive and forget the ways that he's hurt you in the past, just to try and work the odds and lower the risk of the uncle ruining Christmas. So Ramaphosa has constantly tried to ignore jabs from the radical economic transformation faction. He tried to ignore when Jacob Zuma literally took him to court on a private prosecution last year just before the ANC elective conference, which was clearly Zuma's move to try and wrangle it that Ramaphosa wouldn't be allowed to stand for re-election as ANC president and therefore South Africa's president under the ANC's notion of if you have credible charges in front of you, you're not allowed to stand for office, although that hasn't been very consistently applied. But Zuma tried to do that. And Ramaphosa's allies were furious and said that he tried to do that. Ramaphosa just took the punch because he was like, let me just try and placate this uncle. In the last local government elections in 2021, the ANC did not do well. The riots that happened before then, which for most people, although it's all allegations and unsubstantiated or unconfirmed, 
it was seemingly about Zuma. The riots happened immediately after Zuma was arrested and many were saying that there were sleeper agents doing this and if Zuma was just released or that, this wouldn't happen. And then there was extraordinary damage in KwaZulu-Natal. Lives were lost, businesses were destroyed, the economy was harmed. It was awful and the ANC did badly in the local government elections and the radical economic transformation faction, Zuma's people said, this is Ramaphosa's fault, he's failing, he should take accountability and bear the consequences for this failure in KwaZulu-Natal. And Ramaphosa's people came back and said, no, 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 most of the radical economic transformation faction's influence is in KwaZulu-Natal and the RET faction did not campaign as they were supposed to do as good ANC members for the party. So the failings in KwaZulu-Natal were almost sabotage, orchestrated by the RET faction to stop people or to not give people the incentive to turn out and vote for the ANC. But once again, Ramaphosa tried to stay out of it. And then there was the fateful day when Zuma was supposed to go back to jail. Remember, he had an outstanding sentence to see after he had been illegitimately released from his pre-existing sentence after being found in contempt of the Constitutional Court. He was supposed to go back to jail. And remember, we were all there. I think it was August this year. He went to jail at like six in the morning and he was released at half past seven or eight after less than two hours because it just so happened that on that day, the president of South Africa, Ramaphosa, used his unique power to institute remission. Now, remission is something that a presidency in South Africa can do if they see that the criminal justice system is overwhelmed, maybe the prisons are full, there's not enough resources, not enough facilities to handle all these prisoners, and it's causing failures of the system. And so what remission is, is cutting short the sentences of a bunch of some convicted criminals who are in the system so that they can be released from jail, which eases the burden on the jail system. And they overwhelmingly release prisoners who are near the end of their sentences or prisoners who are deemed non-violent or not a threat or dangerous to society. And it just so happened that on the morning that Zuma was supposed to go back to jail to see out the rest of his term, Ramaphosa instituted remission proceedings. Now, the Justice Department swears that it wasn't about releasing Zuma. Ronald Lamola insisted, he's the Justice Minister, that it wasn't about him and they were going to release thousands of inmates. But on the very morning when Zuma was released, Lamola couldn't name a single other prisoner who was going to be released through the remission system. He couldn't name a single other prisoner who'd been released that morning as part of this remission system. It just seemed like they were going to do remission, but Zuma got to walk immediately because he was on the remission list. Now, South African politics is a very leaky place. There are leaks to the media all the time. And no one in the media, no one in parliament, nobody saw this coming. Lamola insisted this had been in the works and thought about for many months. But how did we not know when we find out so many other things that they don't want us to know? And I must just say, it feels like a little bit of a stretch to consider Zuma somebody who doesn't cause a threat to society or is not a significantly dangerous force when the July riots, the KZN riots. Because the alternative narrative with that we'd have to believe is that the riots had nothing to do with Zuma and they just happened to start the second he was detained. Which one's harder to believe? So Ramaphosa did that. And then just a month ago, we found out that the state, which is ultimately under Ramaphosa's control, had gone even further. Here's what's happened. You know Zuma has been in endless court battles over a bunch of different charges, including still the arms deal and state capture and all of this. And two full years ago now, South Africa's Supreme Court of Appeal found that the state, South Africa, the government, had been paying for Zuma's legal bills when they shouldn't have been to the tune of tens of millions of rands. And the SEA, 
ordered the state attorney to stop doing that, to stop paying Zuma's legal fees, and to recover all the money that they'd already given to Zuma for his legal defenses. And just a month ago, in November 2023, a full two years on, it was found that the state attorney has not gone and recovered over 30 million rands of legal fees that Zuma should never have been given in the first place. And South Africa's presidency, that means Ramaphosa's team, had to come out and pinky swear to us that they had not secretly told the state attorney to never recover those legal fees. Sounds a little bit like the presidency is placating the ex-president to try and be soft and gentle to Zuma and use every power available to keep him out of jail, keep his life nice as possible. And hopefully then, from Ramaphosa's perspective, Zuma will play ball and support the ANC's election campaign in 2024. But it hasn't worked. The uncle was placated. But the uncle is now at Christmas lunch. And the uncle has told you that you were a mistake and your parents never wanted you. He's told your parents that they should get a divorce. He's flipped the Christmas table. He's smashed Christmas pudding into a grandmother's face. And he has set the Christmas tree on fire. That is, I'm not exaggerating. There's no hyperbole here. That is what has happened with Jacob Zuma's announcement this past weekend. He is now going to campaign for South Africans, but particularly Zulu voters in KZN, to abandon the ANC and vote for another party. And now the ANC has a very serious problem, because they need to discipline him. They would look weaker than him. They would look fearful of him and at Zuma's beck and call if they didn't, because he's committed gross misconduct by the ANC's own understanding of what misconduct is in their organization. They have to discipline him. If they don't, the whole country will see them as weak and fearful of Zuma. The reputational damage from that humiliation will be extraordinary. He called them sellouts and apartheid collaborators. But if they do go after him, will that sway more people to Zuma's cause? Will that cause more potential ANC voters to abandon the African National Congress and maybe not vote at all in the next election or vote for Mkonto Wesizwe instead? Or the IFP, which has now been making very significant gains. They're on a real comeback trail in KwaZulu-Natal, winning wards of the ANC and also the EFF often. Maybe this will also drive potential ANC voters into the hands of the economic freedom fighters. This is serious jeopardy for the African National Congress. From their perspective, is there any point trying to placate Zuma still? Is there any point still trying to be nice and still trying to be gentle? Just this morning, something really interesting happened. The ANC and KZN, their leadership, slammed Zuma. Slammed him. Treating what he did as a betrayal. An unforgivable betrayal of the organization. And the fact that that's coming from KwaZulu-Natal will have consequences. And these kinds of consequences will probably be very large because the ANC can either discipline Zuma, maybe cast him out, and that will have ramifications for their voters, or they won't, and that will also have ramifications for their voters. They're in a real catch-22 here, and they need to figure out which route is the less harmful, the less damaging to them. And Zuma choosing to stay an ANC member has forced them to do this because if he just left the party, then they can't discipline him, he's gone. But he's made this happen. This is his plan. This is exactly what he designed to happen. So maybe you're wondering, why did he do this? Is this just spite? Is this revenge? Is this trying to destabilize the organization as part of his campaign to like take Ramaphosa out? Could be. Could be a part of it. Here's another theory though. Jacob Zuma 
desperately needs money. His legal costs are massive and they're going to continue to be massive. He's 81 years old. He's not in the same kinds of context anymore where he can make money for himself with great ease. He can be involved in government this and allegedly corruption that. But he needs to pay massive legal bills. The arms deal, state capture inquiry. He's been taking private prosecutions against judges and journalists, which he's lost. He needs money. And the way that a politician gets money is they stay relevant. If they pass out of relevance, out of the public eye, if it's seen as though they are losing influence or can't make a difference, then they become weak. Then people don't see any reason to support them or finance them or give them financial donations or charitable support, anything like that. Zuma needs money. And I reckon that this is the nuclear option. It may not, he may have other things in his pocket. This may not be the last gasp, last resort, but he's tried so many other things in the last five years or so just to stay relevant. His RET faction has lost the battle for the ANC. Even the people who've probably been financing him as a way of protecting themselves, fighting off the arms deal and the state capture inquiry, even those shadowy people in the background, whether it's the Guptas or somebody else who's still in South Africa, who kind of need him to keep fighting to protect themselves, even they might now be thinking, well, if he passes out of relevance and he can't make a difference and affect things in South Africa's political space or business space, then what's the point of me continuing to finance his court proceedings? Will continuing to be a patron of his financially help me? So I reckon that Zuma might need relevance because he needs money. And he might be thinking, if I just fight with the ANC publicly for the next six months, because however the ANC responds, he will respond back. If they discipline him, he'll clap back. If they don't discipline him, he'll continue to infuriate them, embarrass them, break their rules. He will openly campaign for Mkonto where sees where this party, he will openly push for South Africans to move away from the ANC. He'll continue to accuse this current ANC of being sellouts and apartheid collaborators. He will continue to do that. He will continue to get headlines. So it's working for him. And if MK, this new party, can get enough votes to get a seat in parliament, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he could, I'm not sure if he'd take a parliamentary position because then he would almost certainly have to leave the ANC or be kicked out. But like he, as the main patron of the party, could install somebody else in parliament who's just the de facto him. And everybody knows that, his spokesperson in South Africa's parliament. And suddenly... He's a consequential person in South Africa's politics again. Suddenly he matters. That could be what this is about. So he's probably trying to do that. And Ramaphosa and the ANC are currently trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do now? Because they can't afford to lose half a million here, 250,000 voters there, a million there. They can't. They can't afford this level of dysfunction and crisis in their party they're already so vulnerable in 2024, this could easily be the difference between 50% or 45 or more. And that is why the issue, we now are not on holiday anymore. That's why our festive is f***ed. It really is that thing that, you know that quintessential old South African phrase, that iconic phrase, yirkum kak. It's just when a certain thing appears on the horizon a certain person maybe who's caused cuck a lot before and you think, Jacob Zuma is exactly what the ANC means. Because whenever he comes over the horizon, they'll probably all think to themselves, and this is an absolutely massive cuck this time. And 
It's a bit cuck for our holiday plans, but it is genuinely completely fascinating. And so I'm very happy to be talking about this. And we'll continue to bring you more analysis uh, and more updates on how this unfolds in the coming weeks, which will definitely go over Christmas and festive and New Year's and into the new year when we reset for the run-in to the 2024 elections. Because we're really close now. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Issue with Dan Corder. Remember, if you want to go and get the video analysis, it's across on YouTube. Just search The Issue with Dan Corder. And once again, if you can pop us a follow, subscribe, a like, whatever, costs you nothing except maybe a sub-second of your time. It makes a huge difference as we continue to build this project. Also, please jump across the social media. We're on TikTok. We're on everywhere. Twitter. I will call it Twitter because I'm an adult. Instagram. You will find us. There are comment sections for the show and also for myself, Dan Corder, personally. Let us know what you think because we want to talk about it. See you next week.